Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. So would you say that that's kind of like the lightning bolt moment for you? And that's what I taught myself how to draw, was actually the Little Mermaid, drawing stills of Ariel. I've got better things to do tonight than die. jumped out of his chair and said, who the F is this? I remember walking out of the theater and saying, I'm going to write Halloween I'm rather impressed with your research. Rarely do people ask me about children in the corner. It doesn't have to be perfect, just do it. You know, throw some spaghetti against the wall. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for listening to part of the Rising Tide Broadcast Network. If you haven't seen any of their shows on YouTube, I highly recommend you check them out. They have seven days worth of great content. So much fun. Brian Morris has put together a terrific lineup. And I'm very grateful that he invited me to be a part of the audio wing of rising tide. It's been uh, it's been a pretty amazing couple of years doing this show and one of the things that I found out is that podcasters are just as gracious people as what uh, voice actors are known to be. Uh, It's very well known that uh, the voice actors are incredibly gracious human beings. They are always looking out for other people, always looking to give advice, and they're always looking to kind of pass a different role off to other people if they feel like they're not the right person for it. And little did I know that the podcasting world is filled with people who are just as gracious, just as giving, and just as welcoming into various fandoms. And a big one is my guest this week. Mike Seibert has been part of the Transformers fan base for quite a long period of time. In fact, his latest logo for his show reflects that. And if you also hear his intro, Transformers is mentioned once or maybe twice or so, maybe three (laughs) times, maybe six. I don't know, but (laughs) I lost count. But at the same time, when I really got into the Transformers fandom around the time that I was gearing up to do my own 35th anniversary retrospective of Transformers, the movie, Mike was right there to basically just kind of usher me in. And it's been a nonstop uh, ride of fun ever since. And last year, Mike was gracious enough to lend me the audio for the episode in which I appeared on his show to basically get ready for that retrospective, which is still a highlight of my life. That entire month of August of last year just went so far above and beyond. I can't even describe it. And finally, we have Mike here to basically not only come back on, come on to my show, but allow him to share his journey because he's gone through quite a bit when it comes to both radio and podcasting. He's got a lot of stories to tell. I am so looking forward to having this conversation. So let's have it now. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend, Mike Seibert. Mike, how are you, sir? George, my friend, thank you so much for having me on. I am doing incredible. I've I got no worries. Literally, li- I mean, life is good. Could not be better. We're 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 just talking podcasting and transformers, and it's just a couple friends hanging out and everybody hanging out uh, with us listening. But yeah, man, life is good. 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I still have am so, so grateful to you for allowing me into this uh, in, in this amazing world of Transformers fandom. I knew that I was a fan, you know, growing up all the way from back uh, back when I was eight years old and those commercials started popping up and I just knew that was going to be my thing. And but at the same time, man, there are so many people out there that really took take it to take it so far beyond what I ever thought possible and getting to getting to meet so many of the different people that are associated with this fandom and so responsible for so many amazing memories of my life. And, you know, they're all, they're all part of this. They're all part of this, this amazing world. And here you are as one of them. So, um, so thank you again so much for, for, opening this door because it's been it's been a hell of a ride you're welcome and one of the things i i do want to kind of touch on and, and talk about briefly here uh because you know we might end up kind of going all over the road but oh, yeah. like my my uh i i've got like an accidental transformers podcaster like i i got into uh being a transformers content creator podcaster if you will uh through friendship through mm-hmm. podcasting. So it's like I didn't set out to be specifically a Transformers related podcast. Uh, you know, I still joke on my show that it's, you know, it, it's folks favorite Transformers adjacent pop culture podcast. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's just kind of interesting how that how that journey has taken me. And it's been through friendship and mm-hmm. through content creation. And I appreciate that that cycle is still continuing because I had a journey very similar to yours with me. It's, it's, it, I find it very, uh, uh, weird in a lot of ways that I'm kind of paying my experience forward to you. So yeah. it's like you're, you're, uh, so where you're at in your journey with Transformers fandom is very similar to where mine was like four years ago. There so it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's very uh, odd and interesting and uh, satisfying to, uh, um, uh, to talk about. But yeah, I mean, there, there, there are tons of folks that are in the Transformers content creation space, you know, uh, YouTubers, podcasters, mm-hmm. in fact, shoot, you know, uh, what Brian Kilby has been doing with, uh, with Radio Free Cybertron and TF Radio. I mean, like he was doing yeah. podcasts before they even had a phrase for it, like, you know, doing internet radio that later yeah. became podcasting. So, um, Radio Free Cybertron even predates that. So not only is it one of the longest running Transformers podcasts, if not the longest running Transformers podcast, it's also one of the longest running podcasts just in general. Yeah. So um, so it, it's fascinating, the the parallel history of uh, podcasting and Transformers and Transformers uh, content creation. So I'm I, I'm glad to have a, a small corner of uh, of the fandom and have kind of cultivated really good friendships with some really cool folks um but it, it's fascinating though because that's not really how my journey into this uh creation content creation space began it yeah. uh it, it actually goes even further than that like you had mentioned it earlier and i i guess at this point i should say like you know my podcast is called mike cyber radio and yeah. i think that's important because i feel like 
radio is a, an important component of the type of content that I do, even mm-hmm. though my podcast is basically just, you know, it's, it's, it's a, well, it, it's a podcast, but, but it, there, there, there have been times where, uh, the radio show talk radio specifically influence has been in that content that I do, but I'm, I'm, I'm already kind of going all over the road and, and getting ahead of myself. Um, let me talk about my show a little bit and just kind of talk about why I call it Mike Seibert radio and, and perhaps then kind of get into some of uh, the influences of why I do uh, what I do. And it eventually lines up with, uh, with transformers and, and, uh, um, and my meeting you uh, Absolutely. last year. Yeah, because yeah, because the uh, the main thing about about that, you know, the fact that you cons- that you call the show Mike Seibert Radio, that's basically just really kind of taking yourself on as a brand. And mm-hmm. would you have done that if you didn't have the radio show at first to really kind of start up the start up that branding right then and there? No, absolutely not. And it, it, it's kind of funny though. Um, I I am I am a believer in uh certain types of fate and destiny in that mm-hmm. like I I feel that things happen for a reason. I mean, I think we have free will and I feel like, you know, we can make uh choices both good and bad. I mean, I I literally sign off every episode of my show with make good choices. Um yep. and and that's and that's for a reason as well because I do believe in free will, but I also think that things happen for a reason and um part of how I ended up calling my show Mike Cybert Radio is because I just needed a name for the uh hosting platform that i had all of my live radio shows on and yeah. i originally it was just mike cyber so you know i was just like oh okay well that's where i'm hosting all the audio and i'm like well i i think i need to do something that makes it more distinctive like i wasn't necessarily looking at it as a name of a show but mm-hmm. i just called it mike cyber radio and it stuck i was like oh wait a sec that's 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 the name of a show. I can, uh, um, I, I can hang with that. So it just, it just, and it, all, and it also rolls and it also rolls well off the tongue. You yeah. know, it's like Mike Seibert. It was just like, just right through there. You know, that, that works, you know, my own name Ooh. and everything. Like it's tough for me to say it fast. So, <laughs> so the fact that you can go ahead and do, and just let it out just like that, it, it flows very nicely. So that's, that's, it's it's like you it's like you had a head start almost with that well thank you and and again it was it was a complete accident i didn't plan for it that way and and it's fascinating too because and we've we've discussed this in the past you know we we both have uh challenging last names you know either by spelling or pronunciation or in a lot of cases, both. Um, So, you know, I I went through this phase where I was wondering if I wanted to call it something that wasn't my last name. And then ultimately I decided on, it's like, well, what, what is my show? Well, you know, uh, to, to quote some uh, song lyrics from a uh, theme song I had commissioned by a, a very talented uh, singer songwriter uh, named Lucia Fasano. She's uh, now operating out of uh, Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, she asked me, you know, to, to talk about some things that my show is. I'm like, well, we, we talk about stuff and things <laughs> and it's 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 nobody's favorite show 
um, I bring on uh, guests for interviewing, and uh, I talk about movies, comic books, video games, and TV. And and I guess I can also guarantee that it's not going to be funny because <laughs> you know I'm not I'm you know folks tell me I'm funny, but my my show isn't inherently like a comedy show. It's a it's a discussion show. It's an analysis show. It's yeah. an interview show. It's you know and. I've been interviewed by other podcasters before and I give like a paragraph of what my show is and almost always the, the interviewer will say, Oh, well it, you're a pop culture show. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess so. But it's, uh, you know, I, I, I tackle a variety of topics and really it's just kind of, what's going across my desk at that particular time. So hmm. it's like if uh if I um get out of a press screening of Morbius and I feel uh motivated to talk about that it's as bad as everybody says it is, I you know, <laughs> I, I try not to to dwell in negativity, but like uh sometimes like it, it's so weird for for as bad as that movie is it still lives rent free in my brain it's just like i can't <laughs> stop thinking about it i can't stop talking about it i i did a podcast that was two and a half hours the movie's only 106 minutes <laughs> and it and it's just so brevity is not my first best strength so you know when we, we talk about like branding and things like that you know it's like yeah. it's 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 make good choices it's you know brevity isn't my first best strength and the the crux of my show is just long form conversations whether i'm on the mic solo or i'm having discussion panels uh with my friends or doing uh promotional style interviews or just having guests on my show it's really quite frankly just kind of how i talk and how i interact with folks like yeah. i've i've used my podcast as a uh springboard for friendship like to the point where sometimes I've I've struggled with separating content creation with just like hanging out with folks. Like mm -hmm. I, I have a, a good buddy of mine who will occasionally do Google chats and I had to do a couple with him to realize that we're just a couple friends talking late at night and we're not quote unquote doing a show. It's right. like it, 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 because like a lot of the equipment is the same and a lot of the same conversational muscles are the same, but it took me a few to kind of loosen up and realize, Oh, I, I can have conversations with friends that aren't <laughs> doing a show or creating content. So it's something that even now I'm, I'm still kind of uh, reconciling with and struggling with it's, it's, it, it's a, it's a new experience for me. Now with that in mind, do you sometimes find yourself hitting record when you have some of those Google chats, just in case a, a conversation starts up, then it's just like, wow, this could really be something. I used to. Yeah. And I think, and I think part of me, in that letting go and like just enjoying the hang and being casual is not recording it because yeah. it's sometimes it's okay for things to not be content. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that that was like a mentally, uh, a mental, uh, block for me to, an obstacle for me to get around. Cause yeah. it's like, 
at a time where I'm trying to convince myself that I can have conversations that aren't content, but mm-hmm. still knowing in the back of my mind that I've hit record and, oh, maybe I can cut this up. And, you know, there's all this personal stuff that I wouldn't use, but maybe like there's this one nugget that I can make a video out of. Taking yeah. that off the table was actually liberating. And the thing that I think I needed to do to actually just participate in uh, a casual conversation and friendship that wasn't centered around specifically uh, creating content because I've built friendships specifically on building content. So it was just kind of like a a different experience for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Now um, I'm curious to know like uh, what, since, you know, everything really kind of started in radio, right? Absolutely. So, um, Let's uh let's jump back in the wayback machine and we'll we'll go even further back in time time yeah because yeah because this is because this is what this is this is as you know you know, like having heard the show you know this yeah. is this is what you know what I would refer to as the lightning bolt moment mm-hmm. and that's that moment when you kind of experience something or hear something definitely in this case hear something and yeah. you realize that like ooh that's what I want to do that's the kind of life I want to leave that's where I want to go in life so that's the start of a journey really once you figure out where you want to go so what was it with radio what was it about it that made you just kind of want to reach out and grab it well it's fascinating because my lightning bolt moment comes significantly later in life Mm -hmm. um let me explain i i um so when i was a kid i was always fascinated with um with recording myself with uh, mm-hmm. uh the sound of my own voice and doing my own radio shows yep. you know um you know i i had a variety of uh cumbersome uh tape deck recorders that you know uh <laughs> like 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 the big like uh rec uh, not rectangular well i mean they were the rectangular ones but the like the, the rockford file style one where like the tape loads from the front as a speaker Ooh, wow. on the back but like you know yeah. with the big giant chunky buttons i had one of those oh um, yeah i i had, had a couple other uh, uh walkmans and things like that other things that that could record mm-hmm. and i um I became fascinated with just recording my own voice and doing these uh, uh, radio style shows. I was like, I don't know, maybe uh, eight or nine years old. Um, yeah. I, I would do uh, shows with my baby cousin and we would just like talk and I'd be like, oh, hey, so uh, what did you think about like this uh, this cartoon we just watched? Oh, Goo Boo Gaba, you know, it's just like, so, you know, he, <laughs> he, he, was, he was like four. So there, there really right. wasn't like a level of uh, cognition there, but I didn't care because it was mm-hmm. just like the, the perspective of having those conversations and the uh, mechanics of recording and playing back my own voice. I, I remember, and I, I am still on the lookout for this tape. There, there was, um, I remember I had like this little portable recorder and I, um, asked, I, I would ask my great grandmother questions and yeah. I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so, Hey, uh, uh, Graham, what do you think about this? And I, I remember she just turned her head and she's like, you're a crumb. And <laughs> I, wow. And, and it was, I mean, she was, she was being playful about it and stuff like yeah. that. But like, I, 
I know I have that tape somewhere, but in like 30 plus years, I still have not been able to find it. Uh, that that's like a Holy grail item because she's, um, um, you know, she's been gone for just as many years. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but it's interesting though. Cause like, uh, that was something I did on and off for a good number of years, like up to, and including like when I was in middle school, like I remember hanging out with my friends and like, we would even try to do like uh DJ stuff where we're like recording uh, music off of the radio. And at yeah. this point I had like a, a double tape deck boom box thing to where I can record from one source into another to where like, I would actually play DJ and say like, Oh, Hey, you know, that coming up, it's this song. And, you know, I would like, like, like the DJs on the radio, I'd like be able to press the button just enough to where like it could play and I could talk over it. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was always a, a great fun doing those, uh, you know, very DIY, uh, radio show type of things. Yep. And, and I hadn't thought about that oh, yeah. in years. Cause usually, mm-hmm. like, when, when I, uh, when I have these conversations about, like, how did you first get, get interested in radio? I talk more about my experiences listening to the radio. Like, when I was, um, when I was a kid, uh, around the same time I started, uh, messing around with my own personal like tape decks and stuff. I remember, um, I, I would find like the Paul Harvey show and, mm-hmm. you know, while the content was way over my head, I didn't really have any comprehension of what was really being discussed. I was fascinated with the, uh, um, the cadence, the, the, yeah. the timbre, the tone of just talking. You yeah. know, and and just listening to somebody tell stories uh, mm-hmm. over the radio, and it reminded me of like the, um, you know, some some I had on tape, but some I had like on on records. Like I had like you know forty fives of like the story of Star Wars or yes. whatever, or yep. like I had those you know, too. Yep. Or like I had like these, uh, I think they were uh, power records, if I'm not uh, mistaken, but they there was like, you know, Spider-Man and Star yep. Trek and Flash Gordon. And they would be basically. They'd be like audio. They'd be like radio dramas. Yes. Basically, yeah. Very, yeah. I remember those. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I and had a bunch par- of those when I was a kid. And, and in parallel to that, I had more contemporary stuff. Like I would have like, you know, uh, transformer stuff where it just mm-hmm. be kind of like storybooks on tape. Yeah. Um, so like at, at a very young age, I, I was exposed to all kinds of spoken word storytelling audio stuff. So I think whether I was cognizant of it or not, that kind of started to inform my taste of what I was into. And it would be years later that it really crystallized for me that it, that it was truly spoken word uh, mm-hmm. that I was into. Yeah. I, um, I, I had a phase when I was in um, high school where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I, I'm driving. So I'm, you know, I, I'm listening to the radio yeah. and just again, being, being, I, I found the, the the more fascinating part was when like the DJs would come on and talk like I, mm-hmm. I could barely care about the music, but I was fascinated with how the DJs would like tell stories in very 
uh, short periods of time or like, you know, how so like they the would... morning zoo or like the morning zoo. Absolutely. Format? Yeah, a- absolutely. Morning zoo. And I also remember like afternoon stuff as well, because mm-hmm. afternoon uh, radio is is a completely different pace from the morning because it's just like it, it's a DJ. It's like a named personality, but they're getting in and out real quick. Like, you know, we're talking like 90 seconds per break pops where they're trying to talk about like an upcoming concert or an upcoming promotion or doing Mm -hmm. bits doing gags uh things like that uh very very quick but one of the more foundational uh bits of radio that really uh spoke to me and you know and i talk about things happening uh, for a reason or like every uh, you know for every reason a season and and everything has a place and a moment in time yeah. when I was in my early 20s I discovered a uh, FM talk station here in Seattle it was uh, called 100.7 the buzz mm-hmm. and it was um, and it's fascinating now that I work in the radio industry it's it's so bizarre for me to think about what this radio station was and uh, and trying to describe it from like a format perspective but it was a talk radio uh, format but it was uh, for lack of better term um, it was uh, I, I don't know it, it was uh, it wasn't comedy it was kind of like um, it, it was rowdy like mm. uh, one of one of their flagship shows was the Tom Lyka show and for uh, folks on the west coast Tom Likas is a was is I mean he still does his show uh, behind a paywall yeah um, maybe at a different time I'll tell you about the uh, the time me and uh, a coworker friend of mine went on a nostalgia buster uh, and actually subscribed to the current iteration of the Tom Lyka show behind the paywall. And oh boy, sometimes things are best best left in their moment in time because, oh. like, when you come back to something, it was. I mean, it's it's very not good. But oh, um, but but Tom, but but Tom Likas is a a provocateur. He's mm-hmm. very much a shock jock, a liberal shock jock, mm-hmm. very uh, cut from the same cloth as Howard Stern. Yeah. But his, but his thing was he was on in the afternoons in California. Right. So he had a Los Angeles drive time afternoon radio show. And mm-hmm. it was uh, it was very much like the the man show on the radio you know where it was it was loud it was brash you know mm-hmm. it's like they they had uh they had a gimmick that they called flash friday which um uh involved uh fellas turning on their headlights and 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 ladies having certain responses to that where <laughs> um well i, I, I remember i remember the same thing with opie and anthony back in back in the day you, there was whip them out wednesday yes yeah, so, there it is yeah. Yeah, very much so. So, yeah. yeah, So so Tom Likas was very much a West Coast answer to O&A. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, cut cut from that very similar cloth, you know, would would often get fined, would often get into (laughs) trouble, would often get suspended. Uh, Mm -hmm. Perfect for someone who's 21 years old and is and is interested in uh, in the radio. And so that that particular show captured my imagination and they 
hung this entire radio station basically around Tom Likas's neck. And mm. um, from that, they hired a um, a DJ from Rochester, New York, a uh, cat who was spun out of uh, the uh, Brother Wee show. And uh, who had done work with uh, Charles Laquadera and uh, and some other folks, uh, luminaries in uh, in East Coast uh, shock jock talk, um, a fellow by the name of B.J. Shea. Mm -hmm. And they imported this in uh, East Coast guy over, put him on live and local in Seattle. So Tom Likas was simulcast or uh, syndicated out of California. But this B.J. guy, they put him on before Tom. And so he's live and local and he started off very much as a Tom Likas clone. Like, you know, he's like doing the same type of gags, the same type of bits, yeah. um, which appealed to me as well. Cause it's like, Oh, it's the same thing except it's local. Mm -hmm. But here, here's where things start getting interesting for me as a fan of the radio format. And this would actually kind of defined my path in a in a lot of ways in a yeah. lot of strange ways um this bj guy was also unabashedly geeky mm. and for the first time that i had heard on a mainstream radio show this guy normalized geek culture there like he like he's talking about going to the star Wars movies, you know, yeah. it's like, so like the prequels are out at, at this time, it's the early two thousands, you know, and he's talking about like the, the Tim Burton planet of the apes movies and, oh, yeah. you know, and just having like these conversations openly on the radio for extended periods of time that I had never heard before, like, like long form conversations. Whereas yeah. my experience, like, you know, the, the DJ would say like, Oh, Hey, I, I went, I went to go see that star Wars and it was cool coming up traffic and weather, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, so it would always be very surface level, but because of the format of this, um, this buzz radio station, mm -hmm. it was, it was a, a a talk radio format in that that's that's what we're doing it 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 is just straight fm talk in yeah. the style of uh uh conservative talk you know it's like it, it it was on that mold it was like you know running on the same style clock as say like the rush limbaugh show it right. just happened to be that the content was was completely different you mm -hmm. know it was rowdy and body and in the case of this uh, bj shea guy who would go on to influence a lot of my uh, mentality and philosophy about broadcasting uh normalized geeky stuff yeah so um so i i was super into this guy and um knowing kind of what i know now about the radio industry this radio station did not last very long and mm. it got blown up in uh, 2006. They turned it into a country station ah. and, and, and I was crestfallen momentarily, but then, and th this is, this is kind of like a weird esoteric Seattle radio thing. So if you're, if you're outside of the, the Seattle area, this, this might not be as interesting, but I found it very fascinating in that the personalities, the refugees from this uh, former uh, station, 100.7, the buzz were scooped up and migrated over to the 
huge rock station um hmm. a station called a uh, 99.9 kisw it's it's basically they've they've been on the air for 50 years at this mm-hmm. point it's uh it, it is the powerhouse gold standard rock radio station here in seattle but nice. they had they had built their reputation and brand on music first but with a, a dash of personality, like, you know, they, they, um, this was one of the stations where Bob Rivers was on. And if you've heard of like Bob Rivers twisted tunes, you know, he does yeah. uh, uh, parody songs on, uh, on par with Weird Al. He's a local guy. He's from Seattle. And so he was, um, he was the the morning zoo show on this uh, KISW station. Didn't he also have like a twisted Christmas album? Several. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I rem- yeah, I remember those very well. Yeah. And uh and to tangent for just a um just a brief moment, I don't know if this will spoil one of my own stories for later, but like <laughs> one of my uh absolute delights and privileges when I was taking radio classes, uh Bob Rivers was an instructor at the college I was going to and I got to take uh radio classes from Bob Rivers for uh uh for for a couple semesters and oh, it, it was just a like an absolute delight and very much a dream come true uh but that's um but 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 i'm getting a little bit ahead of myself so these uh these uh talk radio personalities they had a evening show they had the midday show in bj shea they moved bj over to mornings give Mm -hmm. him the morning zoo uh slot which was like a huge step up huge new platform uh for this uh guy that had been uh, kind of uh, um, toiling and languishing in a lot of ways, being a Tom Likas, uh clone um, on this station that nobody cared about that occasionally got into trouble. Um, and suddenly he is the captain of the biggest morning show in Seattle. And um, I just remember that being uh, as a fan being very much into it. I'm like, wow, that's, that's my dude. And that's, that's my dude done good. Yeah. And, and it really kind of like changed the philosophy of that radio station of KISW to where it, sure, it was focused on the music, but then they also leaned into uh, the personalities to where yeah. these are talk shows that occasionally play music. And gotcha. that was, and that that was something I, you know, really hadn't had a lot of exposure to aside from, say, like the Howard Stern show or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Bob Rivers to an extent as well. Um, but it was fascinating how this popular radio station normalized talk. Mm-hmm. And that was very fascinating for me at my age and at that experience. And it made me realize that I'm into personalities first and music second. Yeah. So, and that, and that kind of, that kind of sticks with me for a while. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. And from there, here's, here's where things kind of really kind of start to cook. And it, let me readjust my seat here. Sorry. No, it's all right. Um, <laughs> So here, here's where things really start to cook, and it's, um, and it does kind of come with a, um, 
well, it's not even a bittersweet chapter because it's 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 really not sweet at all. I um my my family's life drastically changed in 2012, and we're uh, we're actually just celebrating, uh, commemorating uh, 10 years uh, now. My um, uh, my wife and I we uh, lost my sister-in-law and my father-in-law very suddenly Ooh. and in very uh quick succession oh, um man. back in 2012 mm. um and and for for a variety of uh medical things i i frankly don't want to get into but it was uh, yeah but but both were very very sudden and very unexpected and that drastically changed our uh trajectory and our lookout on life so, um, and my father-in-law in particular was very, um, foundational. Like he, he was like, he was, he was the rock. He was the aspirational figure. I looked up to him quite a bit. Yeah. So, um, his loss affected me, uh, quite a lot. And especially coming on the heels of, uh, losing my sister-in-law as well. Um, yeah. we, 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 we were just, we were just shattered in, uh, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And so, um, a number of things happened during this time. Um, so with, uh, both my sister-in-law and my father-in-law, it was, um, it was, I, I keep wanting to say it was prolonged illness, but it was, it was rapidly deteriorating, uh, prolonged illnesses. Mm. But, but what, what had happened is, uh, to, uh, take care of first, um, her sister and then later helping out with her father, my, uh, my wife had quit her job oh, and, wow. and basically like, you know, and we had the conversation. It's like, well, can we financially do this? You know, what, you know, what, um, you know, what, what does this mean for us? And it's like, well, I, and she, she was on a, a particular, um, uh, path in her journey as well, where she was, she was having a hard time at the job that she was at. And basically as, as I'll kind of um, lay out a little bit here, 2012 was, I, I can't think of a year in my life, in my family's life that so much drastic change happened in such a short period of time. And I swear this will come back to radio and podcasting and stuff, because <laughs> basically this, this is kind of where my uh, path changes from listener and fan to yeah. ultimately being a, a creator, but I'm not, not quite there yet. Basically my, my, um, my wife quits her job mm -hmm. and after her uh father passes away uh we're we're wrecked with all kinds of existential dread and for me in particular i had uh i had been working at a job that at that point was my career and i had uh worked my way up the the ranks in fact it was it was the job i had uh when i was in high school oh, wow. um, I, I i started uh i started counting inventory when i was uh when i was 15 uh you know kind of looking to uh 
pay for my car insurance and put gas in my car. I wasn't looking for a career, but what had happened was I became proficient with it. I stuck with it. I discovered that I liked it and I grew up with it. So it's like, as I'm there, you know, uh, suddenly, um, my position, I I'm offered, uh, supervisor gigs. I'm offered managerial gigs, hop, mm-hmm. skip and a jump after 14 years, I'm running an office and I have over a hundred people reporting to me. Wow. Um, so like it, but that came at a cost in that I was aggressively unavailable. I was always mm. busy and, you know, we, um, George, we had spoken earlier before we started recording about, you know, paths that your life takes and how as an adult, you have a certain wisdom that you don't have as a younger person. Yeah. When I, when I was a younger person, I overvalued my job and I overvalued my role in it. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm in my twenties and I am you know, in, in a, in a pretty good uh, position with my job, but that also comes with the overdeveloped sense of responsibility. I blame reading all those Spider-Man comics. Um, (laughs) but, but like I had as, as a lot of young early career folks do, you Mm -hmm. build this almost martyr mentality where it's like, Oh Mm. my gosh, I can't take days off. Oh my gosh. I have to plan my vacations. Oh my gosh. I can't take uh, can't take vacations because the place will burn down if I'm not there. This God, this, God forbid you should check. You, you should leave your email alone for one day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, Blackberry glued to my hand, mm-hmm. uh, that, that kind of thing. And, and it, it's, it's something you don't know when you're a young person, because you just think that that's how life is. Yeah. Where I'm going with that is because of, my mentality and how thoroughly I had given over myself to my job. I missed a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I missed, uh, I missed holidays. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't miss Christmas, but I'd miss Thanksgiving occasionally. I would certainly (laughs) miss Easter a lot. Um, so, you know, it, it just, uh, you know, you have different priorities when you're a younger career minded person. Mm-hmm. But after my father-in-law passed away, shortly after my sister-in-law had passed away, suddenly my entire worldview was shattered. Just yeah. just like 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 into a million pieces of sharp glass. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the things that I thought that I knew, I didn't know anything about. I had lost perspective. Mm-hmm. And it humbled me and made me remorseful for like the way that I had prioritized my time. Mm-hmm. And I came to this uh, realization that it's like, I need to get out of this job. It, it, yeah. It's poisoning me. It's poisoning mm-hmm. me. You know, it's like, and I was being taken advantage of and working too hard and, you know, putting in more time than what I was being compensated for. And, you know, things that you don't realize until something comes along to force you in your life to step back and take stock. Yeah. And I, I'm regretful that it took 
family tragedy to make me realize it, but it made me realize it. So then it becomes now what? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going to um, quit my job, and um, fortunately we had uh, the resources to where you know we um, you know it wasn't necessarily stressful. That I didn't necessarily need to jump into uh, something right away, but eventually the conversation becomes like, well, hey man, I I, I appreciate that you're getting new perspective on life, but um, you need to do something with your life. Right. And prior to that or during this period is since I'm, I'm home and I have uh, access to technology that, that I hadn't previously. That's when I discover podcasts. Yeah. So like, you know, cause again, I have like all the, all this extra time and you know, I'm just, I'm like devouring everything Kevin Smith was doing yep. and, Same here. Uh, yep. and, and, and more or less like catching up on things that I had missed. So like I would listen to the radio, but mm-hmm. it was like, you know, I didn't have an iPod. So, you know, I didn't listen to these podcasts i mean it's it's fascinating to think of the way the world was in in 2013 but like i mean i knew podcasts had been a thing for a while but like it it just felt like it was technology that was beyond my grasp like i couldn't figure out how to listen to podcasts on my blackberry right away you know that that kind of thing gotcha but um so anyway so so like as i'm going through all of this existential dread and grief I'm also discovering this whole other side of content that I hadn't really paid attention to before uh, and, and podcasts. Right. Now, now where things really start to intersect is, uh, you know, I had mentioned this, this uh, BJ Shea fellow who is mm-hmm. the, you know, host of the morning show on KSW in Seattle. Right. One of the things that that radio cluster did and does they still do that that is very clever is uh and and um i'm trying to find another word for clever as well uh, industrious uh perhaps yeah. is that for each of their terrestrial radio shows they would also have uh corresponding podcasts so hmm. it's like not only were were they a a provider of radio but also a a publisher um, a network, if you will, of podcast content. Nice. So, so BJ Shea launches this podcast called BJ Shea's Geek Nation, mm-hmm. which is, you know, th- as I had already said, he had normalized talking about geeky topics on a mainstream terrestrial radio show, but now in a podcast format, suddenly they're doing deep dives on movies. Like, yeah. like, you know, it, it's not enough that they went to go see the Green Lantern movie and talked about it on the radio show. But now they're going to do a separate podcast where they're talking for upwards to 40 minutes about it uninterrupted. Yeah. And which, which and is, it's just them. And, you know, it's just yes. them, you know, sharing their thoughts, talking about what worked, what didn't work and, you know, and really getting into those details. That's great. You know, that's that's great that they had that they have the capability to do that. Absolutely. And so th- this is what what really kind of starts to to crystallize for me. And because of 
um, social media and, you know, and, you know, email and things like that, I'm interacting with these folks. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm I'm sending them emails and they're reading them on the air. Yeah. I and then that and and it's all about escalation at this point because that like they had a voicemail line. So mm-hmm. I would call the voicemail beep boop boop boop. Hey man, this is Mike. Uh yeah, you know, it's Mike Barthony again. Hey man, I uh, uh I was wondering what you guys thought about that that Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man movie. That uh it, it's a it's a neat movie with some good potential, but man, that costume's kind of dorky. Anyway, I love the show. Thanks. <laughs> and so like that that is kind of where some of those things intersect from Mm -hmm. when I was a kid recording myself and listening to my voice. But now I'm interacting with a mainstream platform and I, you know, it's funny. I I work at a radio station and, you know, I'm exposed to this stuff all the time, but I still get a kick and hearing either my voice on the radio or hear somebody talking about me like i mean it's i mean maybe it's a it's a narcissist uh, attitude but it's uh um, oh i get it yeah you, you know, know like, it, it it shows it that shows that you know that people are taking notice and your your voice is out there and it's not just you that's listening yes and and it's the perspective of attention as well i like the attention yeah, I, 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 enjoyed we have to, it. we yeah. have to, I mean, like, look at, look at what we are, you know, look at, you know, mm-hmm. what we are, you know, like we are here because we believe that we have something of value for other exactly. people to listen in and whether it's a story that's going to inspire them or different tips and tricks or something that they can apply to their own thing, whatever the case, you know, like we are, we believe that we have something of value to share. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I, ab- absolutely. So like when uh, BJ Shea, this uh, this radio host, somebody that I, you know, idolized and looked up to is, uh, you know, one of his co-hosts is saying, oh, hey, we have a voicemail from Mike. He's like, oh, yeah, I love Mike. Nice. And I'm just like, I'm like, buddy. <laughs> and so, yeah, so so that's that 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 is just uh getting me coked up on attention yeah and so in parallel to this um while i'm trying to figure my life out my wife brings up the perspective of well maybe it would be a good idea to go back to school you mm-hmm. know cuz like i i i got through high school on the skin of my teeth i didn't attend college i am not a good student, or I certainly mm. was not when I when I was a younger person. So the the idea of going back to school as an adult person actually kind of appealed to me because that would give me the opportunity to apply an adult's work ethic to education. And that and that really appealed to me. But it was like it was like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I think, you know, like I, I met with uh with a uh um I, I guess they're a guidance counselor or career advice or whatever at a at a local community college, uh Green River College in in Auburn, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um and you know they have you do like a couple few questionnaires and they kind of talk to you ask you a few questions and this guy says well you know i i think with you know your aptitude and attitude 
I, I think IT would be a really good field for you, you know, based on like the technology you used to work with at your old job. Um, yeah, you know, and, and, and then that starts, that, that starts really, uh, percolating and just really bubbling. I was like, yeah, cause I like working with technology and I like helping people. Right. Seems like IT would be like a, a really, a good path for me. So I enroll at, uh, at the local community college and I go through this, uh, this IT program, you know, and, and I get my, uh, get my associates and a, a bunch of certifications and certificates. And, and I had a great time with it. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, anybody who's like an adult and isn't sure of their path, mm-hmm. I, I am a huge advocate for going back to school, if yeah. nothing else, just to find yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, it's ironically enough, like why younger people go to college. But again, as, as I was talking about, you know, youth is wasted on the young and wisdom is something that, that it can't be shared, only gained uh, through, right. uh, uh, through experience. But I, I found myself uh, incredibly satisfied at being a born again student. Like I really took to it and I took the work seriously and I found it very satisfying. Yeah. So why I why am I a podcaster and in radio and not an IT guy? You might you might be asking. <laughs> well, let me tell you. So this is uh, again, things happen for a reason. And mm-hmm. I feel that things are put on our path uh, f- with, with specific purpose. Mm-hmm. I remember this vividly. And I, I was in, uh, like the, the last weeks of the last quarter of my last classes, you know, like graduations, like a month away. And, you know, I've, I've completed all my certifications and all that. And, um, I, I'm looking forward to the summer and thinking about what I'm going to do. Yeah. And my wife and I had already talked about, um, needing something to do while I'm applying for work because Mm -hmm. as anybody who has ever applied for a job ever knows that it can be, or, or at least at that time back in 2015 uh, when, when the job market was a little different than it is now um, you know, it's, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. It's a lot of idle waiting and it's a lot of anxious waiting. So having come from, a period of time before I went back to school that was a lot of anxious waiting. We knew that that was something I couldn't do again. I needed something to do. Yeah. And we, we had discussed a number of different um, uh, things that I could do. Like, you know, take like more or less her idea, her suggestion to me was to take a quote unquote fun class. Like, you know, I had, I had talked about like, uh, taking a creative writing course, nice. but, um, but I didn't have time for it in my, in my schedule, uh, for my, uh, coursework and that, but then suddenly summer's coming and suddenly I have time and I was like, you know, maybe I'll take a creative writing class. Maybe I'll take like the next level English class. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe like, you know, cause like I, um, I I dabble with writing, but I've I've never really written anything of substance. I've, you know, not I, I, it's not really been been my focus of of energy. 
maybe that's something you and I could talk about sometime later. Maybe I'll get you, <laughs> get you up for some some advice. Uh, there you go. But, but but it's something like I mean, much like with like drawing, like you know, I was I was an arty kid. Like I would draw, and then later on, I would write, mm-hmm. and those things have kind of kind of fallen away for me. But um, I I get out of one of my classes, and mm-hmm. I'm in the hallway. And I see like on the bulletin board in the hallway, it's a, it's a flyer and it's, uh, it says in big, uh, blocky letters, probably in the same font as the, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't pirate a movie font, you know, from like the the early 2000s, you know, the, the, yeah, this is a DVD ball, but you wouldn't steal a car. (laughs) Anyway, I think it was in that font and Mm -hmm. it says be on the radio and it has Ooh. a picture of uh, a couple kids operating a console. One is talking into a microphone. It's got a picture of a mixing board. And yeah. it says KGRG, Green River College. And I was like, the hell is huh. this? Okay. We, this, this school has a radio station? So um, turns out the college that I had been at for two years yeah, had an had an on campus radio station the entire time, and I had and you no never idea. knew about it. Never wow. knew about it. Never knew oh, about man. it. Man, it was it was bonkers. Yeah, um, that that tells you about some of the visibility problems and outreach problems that the uh, the scrappy college radio program uh, had. But I could I can I I, I could uh, expand on that in a, in a little more detail in a minute. But but right. basically, like I see this, and I'm like be on the radio so i start going through the course catalog and i see that they have like an a um a radio lab class and a podcasting class and i'm like oh snap nice uh you know what creative writing's gonna take a back seat i Mm -hmm. um I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to take these radio classes. So it was funny. Like after, after I graduated and we had like this big party, my wife and my friends threw this, this big party for me. And, um, uh, a couple folks had asked me, so what are you going to do next? I'm going to take some radio classes over the summer. There you go. Really? Oh, you know, totally <laughs> out, out, of, out of left field because I mean, yeah. again, I'm, I'm armed with like this deep affection for the format of radio and you know and i had recently gotten into podcasting and i'm all coked up on this attention that that i'm getting that this interactivity that i'm that i'm having with uh with these radio show hosts and i'm like yeah you know i i kind of want to the this sounds interesting and funny reflecting on this knowing where i'm at now but really i just wanted to know how the sausage got made yeah i i'm just like you know learning about the mechanics and the behind the scenes stuff and how this works and how all of that works and and at this point i, I kind of want to talk about the the radio broadcast program at green river college because it's still a thing that's a thing so mm-hmm. like so if uh, uh if if you'll allow me this is kind of like a plug for them within uh within the interview and the show here but basically the um uh the broadcasting program radio broadcasting program at green river college is unique in that their radio station kgrg is a hundred percent student run and student staffed there's there is 
one faculty advisor that happens to be the general manager and the engineer and the mm-hmm. teacher of all the classes. But outside of that, everything else is student led from uh, from the program director down to the DJs like everything is hands on with the students and that's unique in that like there there are a lot of terrific college radio stations throughout the country yeah that are staffed by professionals mm-hmm. that like you know you have to have gone through years sometimes um of coursework before they even let you touch a console mm. KGRG and Green River College takes the opposite of approach and you so like are learn as you go kind of thing. learn as you go week two you are on the mic on the board oh nice so, oh that's so great it, How, it's that's that's got to be so you know such a huge selling factor for it too just because like you're not you're not going through the basics and everything and and just wait, biding your time to get on there and basically just almost squeezing out the passion for the format by going the other way by saying that, you know, just saying how you need to do this and this and this, and then you have to go and do this and this and this, and then you have to go and and focus on this and this and this. And it's basically just kind of squeezing all of that passion for the format out of you. Mm -hmm. And what that was a, that was a brilliant approach by them to say, you know, like it's, you know, like that passion is there. You know, like you're here because you have that passion. Now Mm -hmm. let's, let's see how it sounds on the air. Exactly. And how it sounds is awful. Everybody is (laughs) awful right away. Yeah. Um, In fact, still one of my delights to this day is try to see if I could figure out what the academic calendar is so I could figure out when like training week is (laughs) and just listen to the baby DJs be so shy and so timid uh, being like, um, hi, my name is Mike and uh, I'm going to play a song for you now. Here's a, here's a, a throne by, by uh, uh, the horizon. Uh, br- bring me a horizon. It's called, br- it's called bring me the horizon. Oh yeah. Bring me the horizon. And, and well, a song called it's like throne. The, it, it's like the, it's like the, the scenes, the early scenes in private parts. Yes, like where 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 Howard did exactly the same sort of thing. It was just like, you know, a, you know, starting up Deep Purple, and then all of a sudden, you know, like knocking over things uh, that completely like screw up the the needle, and then yes, uh, and then showing him like in the station, I think over in Westchester, uh, yep. where he started, and he was, and he just sounded awful. He sounded like that, all high pitched yeah. and everything, and it, I. I I am I have a, a great fondness for that movie, like the way that that it that oh, it yeah. basically kind of takes them on that road. So it's it's really like, yeah, when you start, it's not pretty. <laughs> Absolutely. So finally, after uh, almost an hour of preamble, yeah, the lightning bolt moment. There you go. I um, I I'm immediately taken by this uh, this coursework and the eclectic group of folks community college is awesome by yeah. the way because like you will experience folks from all walks of life uh different uh age groups uh different uh walks of life 
uh, mm-hmm. ethnicities, e- every type of difference that you can experience, you'll you'll find that in a community college classroom. And this this was no different for the radio classes. And there, um, the thing that I thought was so cool is the span of age ranges. There, there's mm-hmm. running start kids in there. There's uh, there's uh, uh, folks my age. Mm-hmm. And and there there are folks that are even older than me. Wow. And, you know, and we're all in there just kind of like learning about this radio thing. But I, I tell you, in week two, you know, touching the console, pressing the button and just mm-hmm. having the headphones on, hearing my own voice, which is incredibly disorientating at first. Oh, yeah. But yeah. but you get used to it, obviously. And now to the point where. If I talk into a microphone and I don't hear myself in my monitors, that's disorientating. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, that's just kind of how the conditioning goes. But like the whole experience was like something it just like that there, there was like an immediate change. I could feel like the endorphins popping and it was just yeah. like it was like a, a literal like chemical change. And, uh, whatever path I was on prior to that moment, I knew from that moment on that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a broadcaster Yeah, and, 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 and there were, and there was no going back. So, um, it was, it was an incredible summer for me. Like it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it only ended up being like an eight week course over, um, over the summer, but since I was taking both classes at the same time, I'm learning about audio editing and recording and uh, podcasting technique and things like that, parallel to learning about live radio and being live on the air and then mixing and matching those two techniques because those are kind of meant to be two separate classes. They're not always kind of taken in parallel. So for me, for everything I've done since, those things have always been intrinsically linked, live radio and uh, and podcasting. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so, so that summer of 2015, and I get what we commonly and affectionately refer to as being bit by the bug. Yep. And, and I go home and I tell my wife, I was like, this is coursework I want to stick with because like there, mm-hmm. there, there's a whole, there's a whole nother degree path. And it's just like, okay, you know, if like, you know, being, being at, um school and and doing this uh this radio thing makes you happy hell yeah we'll we'll make it work i mean my my wife has been nothing but supportive uh throughout this entire adventure that's um, fabulous yeah and it's and it and it's so great it's so yeah, and great and it, it's it's so it would be so hard to do that to do this without that you know like i am i am grateful to my wife's support as well um, you know, that's something that, uh, I feel that I wouldn't have had, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to keep going with this if I didn't have that support over here as well. So I totally get that. Yeah. So at, at that point, um, one of the, one of the things that you get to do 
while you're there at KGRG is you get to host your own radio show. So nice. basically once you get through, it's so funny that this is, this is how meteoric and how quickly the learning curve is. You do one quarter and you're, you're all certified to operate the equipment. You know, you, wow. can, you, can, you can operate in the booth by yourself because like the, oh. the training is rigorous. You're doing multiple sessions per week and yeah. you may not be, you know, the best on the mic or might have, might not be uh, the best at the technology, but you have enough things to where you're not going to burn the radio station down and you're not going to have an FCC problem, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you can, you could keep the meters moving, you know, you could keep, you could keep the songs playing. Um, because really in, in a thing now, I guess uh, uh, some some insider info uh, for, for folks who might be interested in kind of like the current state of radio, specifically music radio, mm-hmm. um, is like, you know, gone are the days of like cutting tape or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it's not WKRP in Cincinnati. It's like, in fact, often we're not even really playing CDs as like a primary. You know, you yeah. could play CDs as a backup or you could play files off of a computer as backup. But primarily, radio stations run off of an automated scheduling system that is curated and loaded by a, uh, a traffic scheduling department and a music department. Um, hmm. So basically, like, in, in a sense, the way KGRG was set up is it, it had a full automated schedule of music that the baby DJ could take manual control over and do uh do air breaks um right. you know where where they can jump on and talk about concerts or talk about campus events um or in my case talk about transformers there you go <laughs> which, <laughs> which one of the first things i did it was it was my uh my birthday i think i think it was in 2015 um but it was um i got a hair and i was like so i had i had a late night time slot i had like like nine to midnight no it was 10 to midnight it was 10 p.m to midnight nice uh, on 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 monday night so you know um folks are listening which i mean i i ended up kind of cultivating my own fan base which was weird and interesting Mm -hmm. but uh but i i remember late at night i stayed like an hour later after my shift there wasn't anything on after me so this was like midnight i yeah. i played the soundtrack album for the transformers the movie nice. and and i introduced the songs and talked about the movie and talked about the soundtrack as a radio dj oh um, very cool yeah so you so were just I'm, like so here we you know were you were you basically just kind of bringing the uh the listening audience up to speed on when these when these particular songs started up like, yeah nice yeah, nice. yeah. So like, you know, here here's a here's a song called uh, Hunger. They're they're credited as a band called uh, Specter General, but they're but they're actually a band called Kick Axe. But yep. but uh but but that was too provocative for a soundtrack for a a kids movie. Anyway, I think you're really going to like this. Uh here's a here's Hunger from Specter General. You're listening to Mike After Dark on 89.9 KGRG FM. You know, that that kind of stuff. Um so anyway, yeah, so I I um I, I cultivated my, I built my own radio show. I'm doing my own content and I, um, 
gosh, I, I, sorry, I'm just, I'm stopping a second. I'm just kind of like reminiscing because like my, my time at KGRG was, was relatively short. I was only there for two years, Mm -hmm. but I felt like I had like an entire lifetime of content creation while I was there because like I started just doing this Monday night shift, uh, by myself. Right. And then eventually I brought on a, uh, quote unquote intern, um, mm-hmm. who later became a co-host, uh, who later helped me form and develop a larger show with a larger cast. Yeah. I tell you, Georgia, at the height of my powers, I had a half a dozen rotating members of the show and we had expanded to three hours. So it was like, oh, so, nice. so yeah. So, you know, we're going from like nine to midnight on a, every Monday night and, I had a pretty impressive uh, consecutive streak. I I did almost a hundred episodes uh, consecutively until one day the uh, um, uh, the campus got snowed out, and I, it was so funny. And I, uh, you know, I, I talked a lot earlier about like my previous job, and you know how is like younger people, we we get very precious about things like yeah you know uh consecutive streaks and things like that so i i'm in my mid 30s at this point mm-hmm. and i'm very precious about this streak which seems kind of ridiculous now in retrospect uh you know some seven years later but like i was i was crestfallen i was heartbroken mm-hmm. i was like i remember like pleading with the dude on campus like i mean it is snowed in like nobody should be on the roads um yeah. it doesn't it doesn't snow here often in the pacific northwest but when it does and there's like like significant snow, like of like a foot or more, uh, mm-hmm. infrastructure just grinds to a halt. We we are Oof. incapable of uh, of dealing with the weather. So basically, everything just shuts down until like mm-hmm. the the snow disappears. But anyway, I I, I remember uh, pleading with this campus safety guy. I'm like, how about I park over here and walk onto campus? It's like I could <laughs> see that there's still power. My access card still works. I'd really like to do my radio show tonight. And he's like, buddy, campus is closed. Nobody's allowed on. And I was like, all right, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'll just go home. And that, that was kind of like the, the end of, uh, end of my streak. But, but mm. that, but that's indicative of how important it was to me. Yeah. And, and how important it was to my co-hosts. We, we had built, uh, I, I, it was, it was never the, uh, flagship show of uh, my time at KGRG, but it was uh, almost. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was baffled by how popular our show had become. Um, to the point in uh, w- one of the things I, I was the most proud of is in 2017 uh, when I uh, completed the uh, broadcast journalism program and and graduated and and moved on from KGRG. I had um, I had started a show called the Monday project mm-hmm. and I called it that because so my, so sorry, my, my first show was called Mike after dark because okay. um, it was, well, it was after dark and I was not very creative. I'm Mike <laughs> and it's after dark. I I'm, sho- even- I'm shocked. He didn't call it open mic night. Oh my gosh. That would have been clever. Now, if I, <laughs> if I was a writer, 
that that <laughs> that would have been that probably something that would have come to me but like and and the, the after dark thing came because like the uh the the overhead lights didn't work half the time so like so like they had like these these office fluorescent lights i mean this is like a college radio station yeah. um i mean it, everything's falling apart constantly that's kind of the charm of it but like the the fluorescent light bulbs were so bad that that occasionally you would get like an audible uh flicker like you could hear it over the mic where it'd be like you know that that flickering fluorescent bulb sound so sometimes we would actually turn off the lights to not have the flicker Hmm. and so so yeah it's you know it was it was mike after dark i don't know (laughs) um but anyway that's that's how he started it but like uh the the um that show evolved into a show called the monday project and the reason why i uh titled it something I, I had lots of help uh, a couple of my co-hosts and my wife all uh pitched in uh workshopping title ideas I, I i in fact i didn't come up with it on my own um but i wanted to call it something that wasn't mike meaning like mm-hmm. i'm already kind of like legacy planning yeah so i start this this show the monday project and that's right about the time that I get hired on at a at, at a real radio station, a, a news and talk radio station here in Seattle. And um, and and that's that's a whole other separate story. Actually, you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll tangent a sec. I'll pivot over to that. Um, so I'm in uh, one of my last quarters of instruction kind of eerie parallels that I just now put together, but it's like my last quarter and my, uh, the instructor of the podcasting class, uh, is a, as a cat named Charlie Harger. And he mm-hmm. was a, a reporter at this, uh, news station. And he, um, asked me to stay back after class one day. He's like, Hey man, do you got a minute? And I'm like, sure. And he's like, Hey buddy, there's an opportunity for a part-time board operator over at the radio station I work at. I think you would be a really good fit for it. I was like, yeah, sure, Charlie, whatever. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it, you know, thinking mm-hmm. that like, you know, I'll go home and casually look into it. And um, like a uh, concerned, but stern uncle, you know, the cool mm-hmm. uncle that can like, you know, set you straight. He yeah. puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, I've already told my boss to, exp- to, uh, I, what was it? He, I've already talked to my boss. He expects to hear from you by the end of the week. You might want to polish up your resume. Whoa. So I was like, uh, uh, okay. All right, buddy. Yeah. So I go home and polish <laughs> up my resume and, um, and I send it off and I get a phone call from the program director of this, this, um, of this, this, uh, news station, this news radio station. And he's like, yeah, Charlie speaks very highly of you. We would like to have you come in and interview. Nice. So I come, so I come in and interview and you know, they're, they're asking me about my KGRG show where we're talking about all the stuff that, that, that I'm doing. Excuse me. <clears throat> one sec. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Ooh, that one caught me. Oof. 
Hey, good thing we're not live streaming. It's a beauty. That's the beauty of podcasting. You just go yeah. ahead and edit that out. <laughs> uh, so we're uh, so he's asking me about my radio show, and we're we're talking about it, and he's like, "Well, we need somebody yesterday. Uh, mm. Can you start on Saturday?" And I'm like, "Uh, sure." Yeah. So, <laughs> so so it was it was a whirlwind, basically. Like I. Uh, first started uh, doing uh, Saturdays, which mm-hmm. eventually became Saturdays and Sundays, which mm-hmm. eventually became uh, Thursday, Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. Nice. And all the while, I'm still at KGRG doing my Monday night show. Oh, wow. So, so I haven't quite finished my coursework yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing my Monday night live radio show which at this point I am now repurposing and loading up as a podcast. Oh, so like, good. so like, um, you know, I had mentioned that my original coursework included a podcasting class and the live radio class. And basically like for that coursework, you had to start a, a, uh, basically start a podcast feed. So like, mm-hmm. so I, I, you know, we were using uh, SoundCloud at the time. Gotcha. It was twenty. It was twenty fifteen. What are you yeah. gonna do? Yeah, um, SoundCloud was SoundCloud back then. Yeah, yeah. exactly, and, exactly. Yeah. Um, I I stuck with that platform way longer than I should have because I'm lazy. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but but it, it's fine. It's 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 a it's a great beginning platform. But anyhow, yeah. um, uh, so I had a SoundCloud set up, and for my coursework, you know, we had to do a couple. Uh, different uh, podcast shows, which I did. You know, mm-hmm. it's like one is like like an interview show, the other one is like a news uh, show, and you have to kind of flex all of these different muscles. Yeah. Where I'm going with all that is that kind of informs my sensibilities in terms of like content creation. So it's a little bit of everything. It's like, it's a little bit of interview. It's a little bit of news. All yeah. of that goes into my sensibilities. Mm-hmm. And um. So when I'm doing this live radio show, I'm recording it and I'm uploading it on SoundCloud and that becomes my, my podcast. Right. Right. Right around that time is about the time that like hashtag Potter and family was getting huge. And, oh, nice. you know, okay. and so like, I kind of got in like the ground level on that where like, I mean, it, it Potter and family isn't nearly what it used to be, but it used to be a thing where like, all you had to do is just hashtag it and you'd get like a hundred retweets. Oh, um, nice. yeah. And yeah, the, the, those, those are the days. days. Have, yeah. Those <laughs> days have kind of passed now that there's, you know, 2 million podcasts out on Apple, but um, but anyway, so, so I was networking with other podcasters and while I was doing live radio, I'm also, you know, interacting in the podcasting space, which all kind of goes into this, uh, soup, yeah. but what the, the next mile marker, the next foundational change, fundamental change in the, in the way, um, I do things is my boss comes to me and he's like, well, you're really killing it. You're doing a great job of, uh, you know, board opping on, you know, Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. We have an opportunity on Monday night. Um, and I'm, you know, one of the things that you're taught when you're a baby DJ and you're, you know, new and hungry is that you don't say no. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I tell my boss, I'm like, 
that's when I do my my live show on KGRG. Um, I, I go, well, I, I will have to think about it. Yeah. So I have a meeting. I, I take my co-hosts out to lunch and I'm like, okay, guys. So the day that I thought would happen eventually has finally happened. They've asked me to work Monday night. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah. Well, you you should do what is best for you. What it was kind of like they they were so aggressively supportive to where it was like, why are you even asking us? What are you talking about? Why right. haven't you told your boss yes already? Why why is mm-hmm. this even a conversation? Why do you need uh, to ask us for permission? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And it was that then it starts to become the conversation about legacy. I was yeah. like, well, if I leave, are you guys interested in doing the show? Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. I'm like, cool. Figuratively, here are the keys. The show is now yours. And like that week, nice. um, we we flipped the dynamic and I kind of stepped back into like a co-host type of position. Like, yeah. you know, the the other guy was was uh uh running the board and was on the primary mic, and I was in the in the uh, uh, auxiliary studio, the production room, and mm-hmm. just completely changed the dynamic. And by the by the uh, within a couple weeks, I was gone. And yeah. you know, we we had uh, we had celebrated episode one hundred, oh, and perfect. and and it was. I mean, so like, I I could not have asked for a better end to my uh for the end of the kgrg era for me because like i had celebrated uh episode 100 where we mm-hmm. brought back several folks uh from previous uh, uh classes uh uh my original co-host who i hadn't seen in a year and a half uh she came back uh for for one night only to hang out with us oh, and great. um and and it was a terrific show it was you know full of nostalgia big memory lane um so it, when folks ask me about my back catalog and what to listen to, I was like, go find episode 100 because yeah. that, that encapsulates the entirety of the KGRG era. And you don't necessarily need the other, uh, uh, previous 99 episodes because we, we did a weekly show that was timely and talk topical. So we're talking about like upcoming concerts and, you know, we're talking about like things that, you know, that, that are timely that are in the news that, don't necessarily lend itself to a uh, sequential podcast. I, I suppose you would call it right. Um, where, where something like say like uh, my, my good friends, the autopod Decepticast, it, it's mm-hmm. meant to be consumed episodically. Yeah. Um, where, whereas my, none of the content that I have created has ever been intended to be episodic. It's just, it's, um, single serve i guess if folks want to go back and listen to it sure that's great and even now even the podcasts i do now are kind of like that it's like right. sure you could go back and listen to them and probably have some enjoyment there but they're there it's not necessarily meant to be uh sequentially episodic right um 
So anyway, so we do episode 100 and I was there for two more weeks. And the last episode that, uh, that I was on as a host, we had a band come up and oh, it was, uh, cool. and, and it was a band that we had grown very close to and they were getting ready to drop their new album. So they did like a live performance and I had a little bit of uh, trepidation because I didn't want to let on that it was my last show because I didn't want that to take away from the spotlight of the band. So yeah. I waited until like the very last break. I'm like, by the way, this is my last show. It's been, it's been, it's been an incredible journey, but now it's time for me to focus on other things. It was mm -hmm. bittersweet. It was, you know, it was great. It was nice. Um, and that was the end of it. And um, so I, I handed the keys over and they, they did the show for a whole nother year after, after I left. But, um, but so, you know, when you talk about legacy, one of the things that was very uh, satisfying to me is, you know, we have this uh, yearly uh, award ceremony at KGRG where, you know, we give special recognition to uh, um you know, folks in the department, like, you know, department of the year, DJ of the year, heart and soul, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And one right. of those awards recognition is show of the year. Mm -hmm. And, um, and once you know it in 2017, after I had already left the Monday project wins show of the year, and mm -hmm. I couldn't have been more proud to stand up there with my co-hosts. It's like it was a recognition of my work as well as theirs. And yeah. it was it, it was it was very it was uh, it was a really cool capstone for that era of of my broadcasting career. But now I'm I'm working for a living. I have a full time job working at a radio station, mm -hmm. but I still got the itch. What yeah. do I do? Well, I still got that SoundCloud account. I'm still mm -hmm. prolific on Twitter as a as a podcaster. So I just repurposed the show into a more traditional recorded and edited podcast um, rather than as a live radio show. And, you know, the, these these several years later, I'm still doing it and coming up mm -hmm. on 350 episodes. So that's fabulous. And that's. That is that is such an epic that is such an epic tale, and it's you know like a a perfect encapsulation of a journey, like a true like Excelsior journey, going through like all those different twists and turns, and then those opportunities that come in, and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you know, like you are able to take your passion and turn it into a full uh, part time thing, and then a full time thing, and then all of a sudden, you know, like you have this opportunity where you can continue to feed that passion in various forms in not just on radio, but then also in the podcast format. That is, that is awesome. I couldn't think of like a better, a better journey to have on this show than, uh, than yours right here. Like that's, you know, that's something that I hope that all of you, all of you who have been listening have been taking in and just, you know, running with on your own. And um, so with that in mind, just a couple of quick questions and then we got to sure. wrap this up, but you know, like, of um, so say uh, there is someone who wants to go in that direction yeah. um, in, in radio, in podcasting or whatever, what would you say is the first thing that you should, that they should do in order to 
go in that direction? Would it be a, a matter of just getting the training? Would it be just like getting in front of the mic? What's the, what is it that you feel is, uh, should be the first step for them? Well, you got to channel actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf and you just got to do it. Just yeah. do it. Um, mm-hmm. During my time at KGRG, I I encountered a lot of folks who had a lot of great ideas for shows that they never did, right. and I was just like, "Do it! What? What? what well, you know, I want to make sure the editing is right. I want to make sure the content is right. I for for as much as I did education and training, the actual." trajectory of the show was something I never really gave any consideration to. And I still haven't. Um, It's, it's really where the wind takes me. Um, That's, that's how um, my, my show goes from being about uh, today's rock and being very music forward and focusing on band interviews to a couple years later being about transformers because that's where the the uh that's where like the content guides me and that's that's kind of where it goes and i feel because it's all mike cybert radio it's all me it's all through my personal prism and my personal kaleidoscope mm-hmm. um my path is not necessarily the best for everybody but the the one bit of advice that i would give is don't wait to have the idea to start doing content, you know, just start mm-hmm. recording your voice, start yeah. editing your voice, start like talking to folks in like a team format. And in, in a sense, just do it. Like look, look at, the, look at the landscape of where podcasting and content creation is now post Rona. I mean, not, not that yeah. COVID is over or anything like that, but no, the, but, but it's the, gotten so many people on the mic exactly and yeah. and the access to technology and the and the lowering of barriers like mm-hmm. do you have a phone you could be a podcaster you know you just yeah. just download anchor on your phone and talk into your phone now it's not going to be great um right. But neither was like my first several months at KGRG. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it took me almost a year to finally figure out how to get my audio levels right. You know, it's like I would always have my background music too loud or I yeah. would have my microphone too loud or too low, you know. So mm-hmm. like there's always going to be those technical things and all of those things where there's opportunities to learn. But the thing that I want to empower folks with more than anything else is don't wait just do something you want to be a youtuber fine get a webcam and just start just start creating content you will Mm -hmm. figure out the content you want to do as you go you will figure out the broadcaster that you want to be as you go don't wait just do it and then and then enjoy the growth that you have like you know everybody is afraid of having that rotten first episode and i say celebrate having that awful first episode because like i go back and listen to my stuff like all of my stuff is on my feed you can go Mm -hmm. all the way back to the beginning uh when i start for first first started loading my live radio shows back in 2016 Mm -hmm. and and they're rough there is a lot of rough stuff in there but i enjoy revisiting it because i can appreciate the the growth that i've had and if you're waiting for the most 
perfect version of your show, you're never going to do it. Mm -hmm. And you have to give yourself that opportunity to grow. So that, so that's my thing. Like I know like uh, there's a lot of gatekeeping in, Mm -hmm. in content creation, like in terms of like gear or technology or whatever, like I've seen a lot of folks throw a lot of money stupidly. Mm. First, figure out if you have something to say. I guess I guess yeah. I would say that as like first, figure out if there's something that you want to talk about that you want to share. Like yeah. like when I was a kid and I'm recording my own voice, I didn't really have anything to say. I just wanted to talk. So right. I guess so. I guess in parallel to the just do it advice, it would be like figure out if you got something to say and figure out if it's, if it's worth sharing for Mm -hmm. me, the feedback I always got is that like family and friends would always say that they um, enjoyed listening to me analyze things. Like my, my uncle had always told me even before I got into radio, it's like, you know, at Christmas time and holidays, he's like, yeah, when you go into the mic zone, that's my favorite thing. Like, and even, even now, like at Christmas, he'd be like, so, um, how, how'd you like that Mandalorian? You know, just, just so I could be inspired to like go off on like this whole riff about, right. you know, what, what I, what I thought about the latest iteration of star Wars. And, you know, so he's always, you know, cultivated that in me and um, yeah. Fo- and, and it comes back to attention, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, and, and that validation, um, so, but I, I'm kind of drifting, but I, I would say figure out if you got something to say and then get your hands on a little bit of technology and figure it out and just, just get your hands dirty, get your feet wet and get in over your head, you know, yep. ma- make mistakes um, yeah. because really you, th- you can't break it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like the, the, there's, if like you say the wrong thing, you know, it's, it, it's not it's not a Fabergé egg um or right. if it is you know break it because like you know you uh like uh like jack napier says you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs you know right that kind exactly of thing as well so <laughs> but but more or less like get into trouble you know mm-hmm. that that kind of stuff so i mean so that's 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 my advice is you know just like i mean again especially with as available as technology is and is easy as it is to to get your voice out there um i i mean there there are platforms that are even easier than podcasting like you know you you got you got social media you got tiktok you got youtube you got instagram i mean there's there are things that you can do to get your voice out there that don't even necessarily involve podcasting now granted i'm i'm into the spoken word format and it took me until i was halfway through my course studies of um with uh with radio to realize that i'm a talk radio guy i thought Mm -hmm. i was a rock radio fan and it and it's like one of those things where it's like no dummy you like talk radio oh yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all all the all the signs were there i just didn't see it until i started doing spoken word format content for myself i was like oh that's why that's why i gravitate towards this right Right. And so where can my listeners find you on social media? 
Uh, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Uh, I am on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And the spelling on my last name is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. And I'm pretty active on just about everything. So, like, you can you can find me. Uh, yeah, uh, if you type in Mike Seibert, uh, you'll probably find the guy that worked on the Mars rover who is not me. Uh, but if you type <laughs> in Mike Seibert Radio, you will you will definitely find me. And and again, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm active on all of those. Uh, hit me up, message me and and ask and ask me things like you know ask me advice and things like that because like one of the things that I loved the most about when I was at KGRG was paying it forward and passing on to that next group of kids teaching them as as the ones before me uh taught me um I I was I I think I was kind of trying to do an Optimus Prime there. It's like, you know, you know, it's uh passed it on to you as it was passed to me. That that kind of thing. But yep. <laughs> um but anyway, it, it kind of fell apart there at, at the second. That's but, all right. But, but, but I'm a huge We still fan. got it, so it's all yeah, right. There it is. There it is. I'm a huge fan of paying it forward. Now the thing I can't tell you how to do is how to make money uh doing content creation because I I am uh I am a hobbyist. So mm-hmm. like I get to enjoy um, kind of a dual identity. It's kind of like a Clark Kent Superman thing. So like, like by day, I, I work at a news and talk radio station, um, as a, as a show producer. And I, I have all kinds of separate thrilling adventures there, but by night and on the weekends, I'm a, I'm Mike Seibert radio, uh, podcaster talking about stuff and things and, and also sometimes transformers. Yep. <laughs> but the one, is- but the one thing, George, I just, I, I should, I guess I should have put this in the, in this nutshell with advice. Yeah. The, the one more important thing, more than anything else I've said is don't forget to have fun yep. because if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong and you're in it for the wrong reasons. Exactly. And I can't think of a better button on this entire conversation it's all about having fun. It's all about, you know, like, you know, getting your voice out there. It's all about sharing your thoughts, your dreams, your passions with the rest of the world. That is what we do as podcasters. That is what it, this is all about. And at the end of the day, if you are not passionate about this, then there, then there's definitely something out there that you will be passionate about. And cause podcasting is not for everyone, but at the same time, for those that do it, they do it because they love it. So I hope that for those of you who want to get into this amazing world of podcasting, you have the passion, you have the drive, you have the message that you want to give, and you just want to get in front of the microphone. I hope that you do it. And for Mike Seibert, this is George Savoy saying to all of you, ever upward, and I will see you next week. And make good choices. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comtois for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question 
comment or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com. 